Hey, welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. This is Dr. Ishan, a board-certified sleep expert. When a lot of patients come to me to treat their insomnia, many of them already taking medications. A lot of people trust that only sleep medication can help them to sleep better, but it's not really true. A lot of time when we treat insomnia, especially if we use the method CBT for insomnia, which is evidence-based first-line treatment for insomnia, we can help people to slowly get off medication. And a lot of time, it's empower yourself to help you realize that your body actually can sleep naturally, and you don't have to rely on anything else outside of your body to put you down to sleep. Today, I had a very interesting conversation with Dr. Fred Moss. He has practiced in the mental health field as a psychiatrist for over forty years, but now he's more known as a non-diagnosing psychiatrist and uses more holistic view to help people transform their life. And he call a community called True Voice Podcasting to help people speak. Out their authentic message to the world. I had a really interesting conversation with him about his takeaway on the sleep topic and how he approached that in his own life and in his professional life. Before we start, I want to briefly mention the product I received recently called Cozy Earth. They made bedding products and they sent me a whole set of sheets and covers. Their sheets were made from. Uh, Winscos from bamboo fabrics, which make it super soft. Surprisingly, when I use it, I do feel it's so soft and very comfortable. And they offer a ten-year warranty on all products and one hundred nights sleep test that you can try it for one hundred nights. If you don't like it, you can send it back for a full refund. I want to mention here again, not only because I like it. But also because they generously offer all my audience a thirty-five percent off coupon, Deep Sleep, so you can use that to buy anything on their website and get this percent off. Again, they are not sponsoring this episode, but I think this discount is huge, so I want to share this coupon code with you here again. The coupon code is Deep Sleep. Okay, let's welcome Dr. Fred. Hi, Doctor Fred. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. It's really great to be here. Thanks for having me as a guest.、Uh, I'm really just honored and privileged. Thank you so much. Great. So、uh, I know you're a psychiatrist, and in my practice, I'm a psychologist. So I actually collaborate with psychiatrists a lot. How about you introduce yourself to us、uh, to our audience first? I know your approach is very unique. Yeah, I don't. You know, I'm, I like to call myself the undoctor. Now, the truth is, I was conventionally trained、uh, to be a psychiatrist, but I had no intention of ever being a conventional psychiatrist. In, in some ways, and I could go into it further, but in some ways, I was born to be a communicator. I was born to help people find connection and then create joy and love as a function of that connection. It's really what my job was the day I arrived. My two brothers and my parents were waiting for me to bring connection to a home that was in disarray and chaos. I went through school doing whatever I did in order to really learn how to communicate. And、uh, school wasn't turned out wasn't a great place to learn how to communicate. So I eventually went to university and、uh, University of Michigan and tried it there. And again, I learned that communication wasn't、uh, being emphasized. 
So after dropping out, not once, but twice, I decided that I would never go back to school again. And, uh, you know, really started looking at different kinds of jobs that I could take. And my mom got me a job at working with adolescent boys at a state mental health facility. And there's where I learned that communication and connection really was the source of all healing. So from really getting that the source of all healing comes from human connection, the thing I didn't like was the way psychiatry was treating these kids. And I wanted to, you know, they were already medicating these kids. You know, we would call them and if there's any trouble, they would write an order and then we'd have to go hold the kid down and screaming, kicking, biting, scratching, yelling. And I just couldn't stand that. So I went into um, I went back to school just to, for the sole purpose of getting my psychiatric degree and bringing communication and connection back to the psychiatric mental health field. So over the last 35 years, that's really, you could say even 40, 42 years. I took that job in 1980, so it was about 42 years ago. Um, I've really uh, been moving right through psychiatry. I've had jobs in nearly every area that is psychiatry that I know exists, really just looking for a job that I could contain. Like, where could we use just simple mental health techniques like nutrition, sleep, mindfulness? Like, where could we actually just get that taking care of our basic self and allowing us to connect to another person is where all healing emanates from. And now I find myself as being that man, you know, really being a healer that helps people put together the whole package, which includes all the things I just said, as well as creativity, as well as being of service, um, uh, keeping ourselves uh, detoxed, you know, visually, as well as uh, with our ears and, and what goes into our body. And, uh, you know, really uh, having some degree of compassion, understanding and acceptance of other people, getting that life is temporary and, you know, essentially taking care of this one aspect of us, which is the temple that really carries our spirit. So, you know, the, the idea here, we're here for a very temporary time and uh, there's no reason to get attached to anything. There's an impermanence here. And at the same time, we can live a healthy life no matter what's going on externally. Uh, this is not an this is not an external job. The, we're, our life is not based on what's going on around us. It's actually based on how we live from within. And and many of the things I just said, including of course, uh, sleep, nutrition, mindfulness, and some of the things we're likely to talk about today, are are central to living a life of uh, at least the best mental health that's available. Mm. I love that. I feel like this approach is connected with a lot of things we do, um, like in my clinical work too. And nowadays, I think after COVID, people really need is to learn how to build a, uh, a true self from within, right? How to empower ourselves from within. Yes. And especially as the external world change all the time, rapidly and unpredictably, and what is inside of us is such a core. Right. It's fleeting because the world is so challenging and has a step forward to have to take care of external events. And, and in many cases, we um, you know describe ourselves as our job or our occupation or how old we are or what our name is or who we're married to or who our friends are. And in truth, uh, that isn't ourselves at all. That's only identities that we have raised in this three-dimensional world while we're here. 
So there is a core self that we get to take care of. And it's the same core self that's been with us the whole time. So I know that core self, little four-year-old Freddie had this same person living with him. It was this, I know that guy. I was living my life at four years old. It hasn't changed. There's a self here that I can take care of. There's a self here for which the light shines through. Uh, you know, there's a self for for which if I pay attention, if I get enough rest, if I drink enough water, if I eat uh, the right food, if I take care of um, movement uh, of my body, if I uh, maybe settle and quiet my mind, if I play of, if I be of service to other people, if I listen very closely and out of curiosity, and if I speak my own authentic message as frequently as possible, rather than anything pretentious in order to protect myself or something, what occurs is that the light uh, has a greater crack to come through and I get to make a greater impact on the world around me. And in the end, um, it's fun to make a big impact on the world. And because when I do that, then the world in turn makes a much greater impact on my world. And I could stay curious and wondrous and adventurous and, you know, inquire about what's out there. Mm -hmm. So that's a great way how to interact with the world, right? Exactly. Yeah, especially when you have a very strong foundation, uh, you take good care of yourself. When we talk about taking good care of ourselves, right? Like my podcast works on the sleep piece because we always say the three pillar of our health is nutrition, exercise, and sleep. And I'm sure there's many other things around it. But I'm curious from your approach, from your line of work and what you've been doing recent years, where the sleep piece come in? Yeah. It's a, well, I'll tell you, there's a couple places. I knew you were going to ask me that question. There's a couple places that come to mind that are probably worth paying attention to. And here's the thing. When people have sleep problems, oftentimes they'll be, if the sleep problems persist, meaning that they don't think they're getting enough sleep, they don't think they're getting their five or seven or eight hours and, uh, while it's dark, you know, they, people are pretty sure that there's a certain amount of sleep that they should get eight hours, nine hours, whatever they say, whatever they say, and that it should happen at dark, uh, you know, so that you can wake up early and start your day. Well, I'm not certain about all that. But what I am certain about is that people are sent to the psychiatrist frequently to get like treatment or medication. So while I was a psychiatrist, many different sleep aids, if they call them sleep aids, were developed over time, uh, you know, all the way back to Halcyon, which then got which then got, um, you know, knocked off the shelf and all the benzodiazepines and then Trazodone or Seroquel or Ambien or uh, there's so many different sleep aids that people uh, now take. Dalmain was an old one, you know, there was like there, you know, there was these drugs that were created in the laboratory that was supposedly were going to stabilize sleep wake cycle. In my opinion, in my professional opinion, those drugs don't do anything close to what they said that they would do. And in fact, caused much greater sleep problems than the ones you had before you started taking them. This is an industry that's built to perpetuate its own existence, as many different industries are. So the sleep aid world is not that I don't like to go into put something in your mouth to help you sleep. And that also goes with, you know, smoking marijuana or taking drinks at night or even, you know, your greatest vice, whether that be on the Internet or, you know, some people have sex as part of their sleep process. I don't know about all that. 
you know, and so for me personally, what's here is I have trouble. I like staying up late at night a lot. I, when 11, 9, 10, 11 o'clock comes, I'm in my very best. I am like, oh my goodness, I don't want to go to sleep. I want to stay up for another couple hours. Is that legal? Is it fair? Is it okay? Does it, you know? And I, here I am 64 years old and really struggling a little bit with my own sleep process. My wife and I talking about waking up at six o'clock or before, uh, you know, all the chakras that can be activated if you wake up before six, that's real interesting. But what am I supposed to do with if I only sleep four or five hours or I have choppy sleep? How about taking naps during the day? Is that okay? You know, if I can stop and take a really nice half hour nap that I don't have to be embarrassed about or that don't have to feel um, guilty about, a half hour nap in the middle of the day can be just glorious, you know? And I'm looking at my cats. I have three cats, right? And um, nobody knows how to sleep better than cats. they are the best. They go and sleep when they sleep all day long or they rest and they get so comfortable before they sleep. They find the best place to go, the shade or the soft couch or the windowsill or the, uh, you know, even the, <laughs> the some one of my cats likes to go into the planter. And uh, I learned from my cats about relaxation and the value of stopping and resting. and. Uh, you know, I, I look at myself and on, on the screen, I see I don't have, you know, I don't have too many bags under my eyes. I'm somehow getting enough sleep, but it takes something in this crazy world to stop, like to stop doing whatever you're doing, even though you have so much more to do, to put it down and to center ourselves and then to find a space for sleep. Because when I sleep well, the whole world benefits from the fact that my mental health is improved if I am not exhausted. Mm. Yeah. Rest well nowadays is such a difficult thing for people somehow. Yeah. Our yeah. mind just keep on running. Yeah. Never stop. Uh, no matter it's daytime or nighttime, right? A lot of people, surprisingly, they don't know how to really relax their body and calm down their mind. Yes. Yes. So, you know, there are, there are techniques that we can use. This is a drug-driven world. So, you know, right here, I'm drinking coffee. And I have a cup of coffee in, in the morning. And I, I, there's part of me that knows that that's not, that's not entirely a great idea. Although I do drink very high quality coffee. And I have one cup in the morning. But here, here's the thing. I think that once we start realizing that sitting or meditating or drinking the proper amount of water, for instance, or go, taking the lights down because light is the enemy to sleep. We know that, you know, we know that light and sound are the enemy to sleep. And how do we know that is when we want to wake somebody up, what do we do? We, we turn on the light and say their name. And then we know that they're like, if they don't respond, we get nervous. Like light and light and sound are enemies to sleep. So, you know, if I can turn down the light or maybe put on my mask or, you know, put earplugs in and get very comfortable on my bed and warm and and cozy uh, and get some sleep, then the satisfaction that happens for the next segment while I'm awake is kind of extraordinary. But you're right, we're caught up in an electronic world. And uh, as we already said, you know, we're not even seeing each other right now, of course. I don't know where city you're in, but we're far away from each other. 
all we're doing is staring at this sleep enemy. And the sleep enemy is this pixelated screen that has literally millions of lights that are bombarding our eyes and making sleep the last thing that we can do. I'm wearing contact lenses, so it's got to actually come through my contact lenses into my eyes. And we already know that light, the light, just like this, these fluorescent lights that are, um, you know, digitalized lights on our screen are a significant enemy to being able to sleep soundly. And yet our life has been just shuttled into those of us who are, you know, staying busy more than likely we're spending a lot of times in front of a uh, pixelated screens where light is bombarding our eyes. Mm. Right. Wow. Yeah. I think it's important for us to really recognize, right. Sometimes from the other direction, not just how we can rest well, how we can sleep well, how we can calm ourselves down. We sometimes need to figure out on the other hand, what are the blockers? and what is stopping us. So those can be things we work on and to change our um, lifestyle in a way to really build a healthier lifestyle. One of the things that I know my wife is really hoping starts like today or tomorrow even, again, we've done it before and it's really great, is this idea of going to bed a little bit early and then waking up a little early and you still get the same amount of the daytime. You know, it's it's nighttime when, like I said, I get, I, um, I think it's just a neural pathway that was developed when I was a wild teenager, but I get so excited at about 11 o'clock, you know, that's like, uh, you know, the bars are open till two o'clock. I don't go to the bars, but I used to, you know, the bars are open till two o'clock. There's three more hours. I can go dance or I can go have a few beers or be with my friends, you know, um, or the, t- the fun TV shows are on at night or, you know, um, like I'm free from my day's activity. I'm done with my homework or I'm done with, you know, whatever I've had to do to struggle through the day. And it's time to stay up late at night. And when I do that, the problem comes, let's say I go to bed at one or two in, in the evening, the dream of waking up at six in the morning tends to go away. If I went to sleep at two in the morning, it's hard for me to wake up at six in the morning. Now, it's interesting that we're having this conversation. Uh, yesterday, I saw, I just happened to see a reel uh, with Kobe Bryant, you know, the NBA stars uh, passed away now, talking about waking up at four in the morning, you know, that he did that every single day. And, uh, you know, what that meant was he could do not just two workouts a day, but actually four workouts a day. So he would do, you know, wake up at four in the morning, be in the gym by 4.30 or five, do a couple hour workout come back, rest, chill, eat, you know, play with his animals, love his family and be back in the gym at 10 to 12 and then do the same thing, you know, and rest and and then it'd be like three to five and then do it again and come back and then go back, you know, uh, at seven to nine or something. And then, and then go to, you know, actually get more out of the day when you go to sleep early and wake up early without really losing anything, and then you get to master the day. But I, I have to admit, um, it's hard for me. And so it's hard for me to tell other people to do that when I have a hard time. I like staying up late and I, you know, you could say I pay the price, but I have a lifestyle that allows me to take a nap every so often. In the meantime, I still have my cup of coffee or I still have, uh, you know, it's like, oh yeah, maybe tonight I'll go to sleep at nine or 10 so that I can wake up at four or five tomorrow. 
and it's it's not simple. It takes a it takes an intentional act to make that happen. Turn off the computer at, at seven or eight, for instance. Stop scrolling. That's not so simple anymore, you know. Yeah, I really agree. It's so interesting we talk about this because last night I just tried to go to bed a little bit early, and guess what? This morning I was able to wake up one hour early. And possibly because it's hot too, it helps. Right. <laughs> well, once you wake up, it's hard to fall asleep again. But I realized for sure I'm more like a night owl, so I cannot shift my schedule too much. But I also like to enjoy my morning coffee, like this morning routine, right? And my little yard is so cute. I like to sit outside, drink my coffee, have enough time for breakfast before my day of interviewing you and doing all the other things. Exactly. So I was like, hmm, if I can just wake up, you know, even half an hour earlier, that would be great. But yeah. I know if I sleep past 12, there's no way I'm going to get up before eight. Right. So, <laughs> so I was trying to go to bed a little bit early and wow, I just feel great today. I feel a lot of energy and I have more time to enjoy a great breakfast and my morning coffee. Yeah. So I remember some other sleep doctors I interviewed before. They said, even you just go to bed 15 minutes early, you can make a difference, which I did. I did not even go to bed that early. I possibly went to bed half an hour early, but it made a difference for me. Yeah. People, again, we're in a culture where we spend so much time waking up, right? Like when we wake up, we have our garden, we have to sit down, we have to sit down with coffee, we do all these things in between waking up and getting our day started. We don't do the same amount of activity between ending our day and going to sleep. But it is a phase shift. And what if we just really prepared, you know, maybe took a bubble bath or a pamper, you know, pamper ourselves, turn down the music, turn down the lights, turn off the electronics you know, didn't eat any kind of heavy foods, maybe to drink a cup of lavender or chamomile or peppermint tea, you know, and, um, you know, maybe just quiet our mind then and, and make sure that our bed is made, you know, make sure that our bed is comfortable, make sure that the pillows are, are what you want, make sure that it, wherever you're sleeping, the person you're sleeping with should be important too. I mean, it's like, make sure that the conditions are right to sleep through the night. You know, if that means taking a warm shower, which I like to do, I take a cold shower in the morning and a warm shower at night. And it's a great combination, great combination. I love it. I've already had my cold shower today. And then I take a warm shower at night just to remind myself that the night, you know, that the night is here and it's time for me to rest. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like very good strategy to conditioning our brain, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like for me, I look for my morning coffee. So that's a motivation to wake me up and start my day because I start my day with something true, relaxing, look forward to. And at night, I totally agree. That's uh, the wind down period, how we can, you know, uh, slowly get into the mood for sleep. Our mm -hmm. brain and body, I'm sure, needs some time to transit from one state to the other state. Mm -hmm. I know you work with mental health a lot, right? And mm -hmm. I think it's uh, for mental health, it's, it's similar issues. A lot of time we need to give us uh, time, space to really process, to really transit from one place to the other. And I'm sure over the past several years, as all this 
things happening in the world, you possibly witness a lot of transformation from your clients. I know you are doing great work with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, again, one of the things that's happened is that the the because so many people are working from home and working on Zoom is the tight, you know, the traffic jams and stuff, you know, people hurrying to get to the office are not so much an issue for a lot of people anymore. So you don't have to get up at 630 so you can get on the highway by seven so you can get to work by eight. You don't have to do that anymore. And many people have shifted to being at home. The problem with the interface with sleep, however, in at least as I see it, is you and I are acting like we're meeting right now, but we're not meeting. We're both staring at a screen, and the screen is giving up the illusion that we're meeting. The screen is an absolute enemy to sleep. No question about it. There's nothing good about a screen if what you're headed for is sleep. You know, if you're going to pay attention to keeping your body uh, or keeping your mind, your body, your mind, your spirit intact, then finding proper time to rest becomes a massive challenge. You know, how are you going to take hold of that? How are you going to make it so that you get enough rest so that when you're awake, you're you're responding optimally? Now, the other thing I want to point out here is that being awake is no more valuable than being asleep. So how can you work your life during when you're awake, running around doing things so that when you sleep, you have a very very beautiful access to the resting phenomena. Uh, Ask my cats whether resting is important, and you'll see that all of them and all cats and all animals, including flowers, for God's sake, really know how to rest. The resting is like they don't need a a prompt. They don't need a glass of wine. They don't need, um, you know, they don't need to turn down the lights or anything. Although, have you ever noticed that there's cats that sometimes, you know, they cover their eyes uh, when it's light, you know, like they, I have a couple cats that when they curl up, they bring their arm over their eyes to cover their eyes so they don't be affected by the light on the outside. It's really fun. I love my cats showing me how to rest. (laughs) There's so much we can learn from our pets. For sure. For yeah. sure, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I have a tank of shrimp at home, so I've been wondering because the, the tank come with lights at night. So sometimes I worry: Are they able to sleep at night when the lights is on in the tank? Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, you'll have to do an experiment and report back to us. I don't know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, going back to the other areas you work on, and you mentioned the communication, and it's something you like really stand out for you. Can you tell me more like how communication, how important that is in your work and what you have noticed, how that helped people? Right. Yeah, communication is really all of it in the end. I mean, really nothing matters unless you're community in, in this world anyways. There is no such thing as healing unless you're communicating with another person. Um, you know, if you, you what rolls around in my head is quite a bit different than what I finally actually say to another person. What I'm saying to you now doesn't look very much like what was in my head moments before I met you. 
So what really gets, and that's what gets laid down as who I get to be, you know, who I get to be is what I say, not what I think. And um, so communication is where new things can occur because one of the special things about communication is that you've lived your life up until now. I've lived my life up until now. And when we share, we get something new from each other because I get to, at least if I'm stay curious and I listen uh, intently, I can stay in inquiry, in question, in adventure, in exploration for what it is that you're bringing and what about your life, you know, uh, can uh, um, add to the glory of my life. And so one of the things about communication and connection and resonating with another person is I've never seen healing take place that doesn't require a prerequisite for human connection. And when we start talking about what that looks like next to sleep, I can tell you like yesterday I was, you know, in the morning, I was a little more tired than usual. And so I was kind of hazy and, you know, I didn't, I I was dizzy. I sort of wanted to rest. And all I could think about was resting. All I could think about was, can I get back to bed somehow? Whoever I had conversations with in that time, I was more or less enduring the conversation rather than listening with sheer curiosity for which I could contribute. So one of the best things about rest is it leaves me wide open and aware to communicate effectively, to listen openly and honestly without being like distracted about the fact that I'm exhausted. And so when I'm rested, I can not only listen to another, but I also can create sentences and create ideas out of my mouth that might be able to make a difference for one another. So again, being rested or at least being grounded and present, being quieted really, really does add to massively, massively to the quiet, to the quality of life, you know, and I think that's why cats do it 18 hours a day. (laughs) Yeah. And cats sleep. A lot of people I remember, they try to copy that sleep a little bit, like take a lot of short naps. Cat naps. Cat naps. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm always curious about that. Yeah. But communication, I totally agree. And it's uh, communicate how to, you know, listen reflect, and then communicate, make it more effective. And Mm -hmm. I think there's another big part of communication is how we communicate with ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of like uh, self voice inside each of you, uh, each of us. And I know a lot of um, patients with anxiety, especially, they may um, say really negative things to themselves. And for patients with insomnia, a lot of them label themselves as hopeless, as, you know, insomniac and as someone never going to recover. So those kind of negative communications to ourselves would be very harmful, too. Yeah, you're bringing up a very good point. I um, The limiting beliefs and, the, you know, self-criticisms that we take on and give ourselves so much heat over and then you know creating um rapid recycling thought processes that get in the way when we lie down and or when we wake up certainly get in the way of or or certainly are a challenge i should say to being present 
one of the, you know, the, for me, I'm in a good space at this moment. But so one of the things I, can, I can't always do this, but the idea is, oh, yeah, this is exactly life as it is right now. And it's not going to be different than it is. And I can be I can embrace life for what it is this very second without being worried, without thinking there's something wrong with me, because this is the thing. And the thing for all psychologists and all psychiatrists is that by taking our job as a psychologist or psychiatrist, we're assuming that we are, you know, many of us uh, assume that we have something to help people who have something wrong with them. In Welcome to Humanity and in the True Voice methodology, which I've created over the last seven or 10 years, we give up on this idea that there's anything wrong with anybody. The whole idea is that there's nothing inherently wrong with anyone, including that person and that person and those people. There's nothing inherently wrong with them. What most people want more than anything is to be heard is to be listened to, is to be communicated with, is to be resonated with, is to be uh, present with, is to be understood, is to be, uh, um, you know, is to be mm, uh, appreciated, admired, those kind of things. And it's amazing what can happen in the world of mental health healing when you can provide that only that one thing for anybody. You know, many of our patients haven't been heard for years and years and years. They just come in, we ask them a few questions, and then we give them whatever we give them and send them on their way. If they say they're about the same, we call that a success. Being about the same is not a success. A success is being is getting better or healed, like entirely healed. Being about the same, like, yeah, I'm still about that. It's not any worse than last time. I know when I used to hear that in my office, I would think, okay, well, no changes then. You're, you're doing good. But that isn't really what we're after. What we're really after is healing the human condition. And healing the human condition, the only way that that's going to be done is by connecting together, being of service with each other, understanding that we are social beings and being alert and aware for what it is that we're looking for and being really compassionate, accepting and forgiving of other people who aren't agreeing with us or even more so, like you had mentioned, being compassionate, accepting and forgiving to ourselves for being the, you know, the fools that we are after all. I mean, we are, we make mistakes every day. We even hurt people often every day. Can we be accepting of that. Can we reset even if we do it again? We do it again. We do it again. Yes, we hurt people. Yes, we're, we make bad mistakes. Can we be kind to ourselves in that setting? And I think once we get that we can accept ourselves and be kind to ourselves, then it's possible to reset ourselves. And when you hit that bed at night, it's possible to actually have a full night's sleep and you know sleep with uh, authority. Mm, I love that. Be nice. Be true to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Also be nice, be true to other people, right? But exactly. that comes from ourselves first. We cannot just always sacrifice ourselves, only focus on other people's well-being. Uh, we need to take care of ourselves first, like put mask on ourselves first exactly. before helping others on the airplane, right? Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't be said better. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And I know when you talk about your, your method, the true voice method, I know you have a podcast called the true voice podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Right, that's、uh, if people want to listen to it, or how people and gonna find more about your True Voice method. Yeah, so the True Voice method is, you know, we just created a course, and the course is ready to be rolled out this week. Uh, uh, it's the True Voice podcasting course. I think,、uh, you know, the, at this point in time, there is a.、Uh, If you want to learn more about it, I think the best way to do it today, anyways, and we may by the time this this show、uh, airs, I, I may have a different link for you, so please check on that. But the idea is that we're we I've already trained a number of people to become podcasters. There's been、uh, over fifty、uh, graduates of my course called True Voice Podcasting that are went from zero to podcaster. And podcasting is a, a great. It's not the only place, but it's a great place to build your true voice. What you're doing right now, you know, you have an open mic. You have you get to interview,、uh, you know, interesting folks. You get to like explore what's important to you, and then land it into the ears of people who are eager and urgently awaiting to hear what it is that you had to say or what you generated. So, in the world of podcasting, the thing that I have found is that you know, context meaning your authenticity actually beats out agreement. Meaning, people want a heart. Felt conversation. They don't care if they agree or not. I know that, and I'm listening to somebody, and they say something that I just totally disagree with. I have a chance of actually listening to them as long as they're speaking from their very truest self. That I don't need them to agree with me as long as they agree with them. As long as they're saying what it is that's important to them from their truest self, I can dance with that. And most people are like that. What we want more than anything is authenticity. So, in order to be a great podcast guest or a great podcast host, the most important thing is to dig into your own authentic, true voice. Now, over the last forty-two years, as I've already mentioned, even longer than that, that's been my mission. That's what I've done. You know, is I've sourced other people to find their true voice. So, forty thousand patients later. Uh, you know this idea of like how does one access what's really important to them and why don't we all do it? We can be really compassionate, accepting, and forgiving, and gives little techniques so that look, you don't have to scream from the mountaintops what your view is on any p- political issue. That's not necessarily true voice. True voice might be just improving one iota your relationship with your children, or your spouse, or your friend, or your colleague, or your boss, or your neighbor, or your uncle. And the idea is, is that we can help that. We create a, a group of like-minded individuals. It's the True Voice Tribe, and in that True Voice Tribe. We create a, a course, or should say, a pathway, a way of life through a course. That is the like-minded individuals who are interested in bringing out their true voice in these challenging times, and as a function of that, actually listening to other people doing so and being、um, a network that is so is so focused on making sure that our voices are getting heard. You know, if we don't speak our voice, no one will ever hear us, and if we don't speak our true voice, no one will ever know us ever. You know, we will go to our grave with our song unsung. I can't think of a greater tragedy than to live a whole life and have nobody ever get to know you. These difficult times have it that our voices are being constricted, contracted, censored, canceled, mutated. 
we now more than ever need to really focus on who it is that we want to say what we want to say to that no longer pretending to be somebody else in order to protect who we are. The methodology at True Voice Podcasting or in the True Voice Method and the True Voice Course is aimed directly at that. We use creativity, for instance. We incorporate art, music, dancing, singing, drama, cooking, writing, gardening, right into the course so that you get access to greater senses of your own self-expression. And in the process, you become a much better podcaster. In the process, you become a much better husband or wife. You become a much better father or mother. You become a much better neighbor, employee, or boss. You become better. Why? Because it's actually you. I don't have a better thing to do with my life. This is what I came to the planet to do. And for me, it's a great, great passion. And, you know, it's difficult times out there. And uh, it's okay. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. But the truth is, you know, maybe we can't be heard if we don't speak, but we certainly can be herded. And you're seeing a lot of people being herded these days. So in order to take on any of the difficult things going on in our world, from, you know, from global warming to COVID to racism to sex trafficking to war to... Supreme Court, whatever your story is, whatever you think is the big deal, we're going to have to speak. If we don't speak, then it's pretty grim in the future. So it's important to get that um, now is the time. You are the one. Today is the day. Uh, let's get our true voice out there. So if you want to learn a little bit more about that, I would I would write me um, uh, at Dr. Fred at WelcomeToHumanity.net. You know what? I'm going to offer my book. I have a book, my most recent book. It's got a great title. I know it's a shocking title for you. It's called Find Your True Voice. And um, findyourtruevoicebook.com. Uh, if you just sign up there, you can get me to send you an actual copy of my book. If this is interesting to you, we take a much deeper dive into how we take care of your voice. And then come be part of the community. Come be part of the community. Take the course or not, but come be part of the community, the True Voice Tribe, because really what we're looking for are people who are interested in making sure that they keep saying what's important to them and keep listening to other people saying what's important to them. That's what we have going on here. Okay, sounds great. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, I do my podcast from my own true voice. That way, my podcast can keep on going because that's out of my own curiosity. Exactly. Right? And my passion in the sleep field. And also from what you just described, you can totally incorporate podcasting into your life. And it, it's also a healing process for yourself. Well, when other people hear your voice, maybe they get inspired, other people get encouraged. So it's sending out the vibes, the, the, the great healing power to other people too. So that sounds like great. It's amazing. <laughs> but, it's, it's, yeah. an amaz it's an amazing platform. Um, you know, we don't know how long it's going to stay like it does, but right now it's an amazing platform that does allow for the essence of true voice to be emanated. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Fred, for, um, you know, sharing all this uh, professional knowledge wisdom with us and your passion in the true voice and help people become podcasters. Sure. Thank you so much for having me again. 
Um, I'm sorry that the the website is not entirely ready to go yet. So, um, but I think if people in your in your listenership want to contact me, just you know, if you go to welcometohumanity.net, you can set up a discovery call with me, and that can be really cool. Uh, or you can write me directly at drfred at welcometohumanity.net, and don't forget to order the book if that's interesting. I wrote another book called The Creative Eight that's also uh, in audio and uh, PDF form. You can find that on my website, welcometohumanity.net forward slash creative eight. And uh, the opportunity, again, is to step in today into that true voice and and really become you. Uh, It's okay that you haven't been you. We learned a long time ago that not being ourselves was a way to gain some mileage. And we never just went back and repaired it. But now we can be ourselves. And that's what's so beautiful about this. Wonderful. Yeah, hope our listeners really get it, right? Be you. Yes. Be you bravely. And right. yeah, if you haven't done so, I think we all in the journey of self-exploring. And to it's interesting to learn how to not be ourselves and then learn how to be ourselves again. Exactly. Beautifully <laughs> said. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I will let you know when this is out and I will put all your information on our show note at deepintosleep.co. Thank you. Hope you like this episode. If you have any questions about sleep disorders, especially insomnia, please feel free to leave me a message and ask me any questions. You can find all the information on our show note at deepintosleep.co. I also have two CBT for insomnia courses online, one in Chinese, one in English. If you need help with that, please feel free to check them out at deepintosleep.co forward slash courses. Thank you for listening to today's episode. This is Dr. Yishan. I will see you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.